All right, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Eli James here. Welcome to Bloodlines in Eurofolk Radio. Today is May 30th, 2021. And today we have a bunch of biographical sketches for you. Uh, uh, we're going to talk about Vladimir Putin. We're going to be talking about Amy Semple McPherson, who is actually the Hollywood personality that began the uh, televangelistic movement even before television. And then we're going to talk about Gerald L.K. Smith, the Klansman and uh, anti-Judaist. He's not an anti-Semite because we're Semites, Shemites. And uh, his association with Henry Ford and, uh, and Dr. Wesley Swift. So uh, we got a really good biographical show for you today. And I'm going to turn it over real quick to uh, Michael Swede, and we're going to talk first about Vladimir Putin. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah, thank you very much for being able to join you again. Yes, there's a lot of lot of names to go through here. Name dropping. We're, it's a name dropping show today. <laughs> I knew all of oh, these yeah. people personally, folks, right? <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay, yeah, so this was an, um, an sent out I got from, uh, I think, uh, Pastor Dan was the one I sent it out, so I also sent it out because I, it's confirming the rumors that, uh, that Putin is not our friend, that he is also of the notorious 13, 13 tribe, what do you say? Yeah, uh, right. The, the Shosanites, the, yeah. So um, we can go on and read and see what they have to say. So... Uh, I hope the article is also sent in the chat room so you can follow on. So, um, this is said, Putin is a Jew. Documents from the president's biographic confirms rumors. So, and then here is, I guess this is a picture from a passport from some, some identical um, document we see here. And they have marked um, uh, a word here that I can't read, but it's Russian and it's marked. Oh, yeah, it's then. Russian. Yeah, yeah. Gobbledygook. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And then underneath that page, we can read Putin's aligned nationality card shows that his mother is Jewish. Uh, it is highlighted with red box. It read. Yeah, I cannot read that. Right. But at the end yeah. of her name, which is an abbreviation for the Russian word for Jew. OK. <laughs> All right. OK. Yeah. And I didn't know that they put those on the cards in, they put, what do you say, racial ties on on yeah. the cards in Russia. Well, it's interesting, well, because he was born during the Soviet Union, right? And Jews were favorites in the Soviet Union because the Jews were Bolsheviks. They, they're the ones who overthrew Russia. It was not a revo revolution, folks. It was a coup against Christian Russia by the Jews, okay? So the story that I've heard, Michael, is uh, it, it, he was a Jew, but uh, as head of the K or a member of the KGB, toward the end, he was a leader of the you know, getting rid of communism. That's the story I've heard, but that just may be a cover story. So back to you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, so this was by Vasiva Belo Serva. And uh, I'm not so good at to, to pronounce Russian names. Yeah. But okay. So let's see here. So Russian President Vladimir Putin half Jewish by nationality on the mother's side. But wait, Eli, when, when they are on the mother's <laughs> side, aren't they then regarded as false Jews? Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, the Israeli states that anybody who has a Jewish mother is a Jew. That's their definition. Yeah. And they also go contrary to Yahweh's law when they, where we trace our genealogy through the father's uh, side, they, through the mother. Yes, right. And uh, that shows that they don't adhere to the Bible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the point we need to point to people. We have to repeat that as long as we stand here. Um, such sen sensational data we are published by a, a number of domestic and foreign media outlets. In support of this fact, the publication cites a document, an application for the um, issuance of a new passport of the citizen of Ru Russia, Vladimir Vlad hmm. Vladimirovich Putin, oh. dated December 32,000. Okay. <laughs> uh, indicates the nationality of the parents. According to official data, the father of the current President Putin, Vladimir, oh, one more, um, Spiri uh, Dunovich, mm -hmm. is Russian by nationality, and the mother of the head of state, Maria um, Ivanova uh, Shel Shelomov, is listed a uh, Jewish. Okay. okay. Oh, that's the abbreviation, which in uh, Russian does um, EBP. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, please continue. Yes, and here we have some, here's some pictures of him, of Putin at the age of six, with his mother, Maria. Okay. In 1958. Well, that's an unusual name for a Jewess. I never heard a Jewess named Maria. They... They don't like the mother of Jesus, <laughs> right? So, but uh, again, uh, let me say that toward the end in the Soviet Union, there was a rebellion against Judaism, okay? So it's quite possible that this was part of the rebellion, but that doesn't change his bloodline. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't, this rebellionist, was that something that came up in the later part of the Soviet Union uh, right. era? Right. Yeah, and it's kind of like Hollywood. If uh, a lot of people pretended to be Jews just to get jobs in Hollywood, right? But uh, in this case, no, uh, she really was Jewish, apparently, according to this genealogy. Yeah, and this record. Yes. Okay, so mm -hmm. let's see. Of course, uh, these personal facts from the biography of the Countess first person will remain secret, given that President... Um, Shelmov's father, Maria Ivanova, died in 1998, and Putin's father, Vladimir um, Spiridonovich, died in 1999. Nevertheless, as you know, the historical origin of the um, surname um, Shelmov comes from the Jewish male name uh, Shlomo mm. uh, in Russian, ah, Solomon. Yeah. The end of the surname in OV means belonging. That is, uh, Shalomov is translated as the son of Solomon. Uh, and as we all know, Solomon um, uh, Shlomo was the most revered Jewish king. No, he was not. He was yeah, Judah, Solomon. It was, yeah, or no, it was David, not Solomon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Solomon had the wisdom. Right, for a while. <laughs> Until he started, until he started marrying Canaanite women. 
yeah. That was exactly. pretty stupid. Okay, yeah, back to you. Um, who was um, considered the wisest of all people and who built the uh, second temple. Uh, another small detail, according to Jewish laws, uh, a Jew is considered one who is born of a mother, Jewish by nationality and nothing else. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. So Solomon was the, yeah a second after David uh, we know, but he was a, a Jewite, not a, not a, not a Jew in any shape or form. But I guess this is a normal habit of them. They take those names and pretend they are us. Right. Yeah. The great impersonation by the Jews uh, of Israel. That's uh, for the last two thousand years. Yep. <laughs> um, so let's see the personal card of uh, Modoko. Uh, Abe Abelevich, who was registered at the uh, Vitebeska Investigation Department. Such personal files were brought up uh, to members of the Bund, who participated in the Ninth Conference of the General Jewish Workers' Union in 1912. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a picture of, a, I would say, a typical, it look a pretty typical Jewish in the look, I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, there's a lot, some mixture there. But yeah. wow, the uh, who is this? Uh, Mordko Abelovich. Looks like the devil. <laughs> Anyhow, look, please continue. <laughs> there are still no official documents confirming the relationship of Vladimir uh, Vla, Vladimirovich with um, Blin. Um, Shikov, but the faith itself is present. The notorious um, mm-hmm. Jewish factor, as one of our journalists said, if you yeah. look closely, you can see Jewish years behind all the global events taking place in the world. Yes, no doubt. Yeah. So, okay, so there's two possibilities here, folks. Uh, either Putin is just an actor, like Donald Trump is just an actor. Or uh, you know, playing the role of uh, you know, a nationalist, and uh, let's face it, folks, the, the Rothschilds don't give a damn what religion is popular in any country, but they're uh, willing to uh, abide Judeo-Christianity in any country, just as long that, as the people are not hip to Judaism, what Judaism really is. Okay, so uh, they have all these po- politicians who are actors. Uh, although he may have actually been one of those rebels against the, the Jews, because many Jews were kicked out of the Soviet Union even before, you know, the, the so-called detente, because they saw the handwriting on the wall, the Russian people were turning against them, so they moved to Israel. Okay, but Putin didn't move to Israel; he became ultimately president. I guess is his official title. Back to you. Yes. So now, um, Jewish root of Vladimir Putin. Uh, the magazine profile puts for, um, forward the following version of the origin of Putin's family, according to pre-war uh, photographs that accidentally ended up in the magazine. Putin's family tree was um, restored to Putin's grandmother and grandfather, according. To this information, Putin's grandmother married a second time to Vladimir uh, Dmitrievich uh, uh, Pyashensky in 1960. 
according to the recollections uh, of his second wife, Anna uh, Peshara. I'll, I'll try it. Petrskaya. Petrskaya. <laughs> and Putin's grandmother was an accountant either at school or in the village council. And her uh, future husband, um, Pesh, Peshersky, was the son of a um, uh, parish priest in Shulfalu in Yaroslavi region. Uh, Pisharski does not give her real name, but like her husband, calls her Layla. Layla. Okay, call Layla. Layla. That's the English version. Layla. Yeah. Layla was a, a pretty, a real angel. It was just an mood. act. It was just an act, folks. <laughs> Back to you. <laughs> <laughs> With noble urban manners and was noticeable different from the vil- uh, village girls. Okay. Oh, noticeably different. From the village girls, okay, and what, and that she was attractive, or she had an, she was acting like an angel. I just was listening to that Elvis Presley song. She walk, looks like an angel, walks like an angel, but she's the devil in disguise. Back to you. Is that what he wants to say? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Okay. okay. So- Please continue. Yeah. Putin's great-grandfather served as a traveling salesman and sold singer-sieving uh, machines. Putin's great-grandmother was a certified midwife who graduated from medical school and had the right to private practice. But her daughter, Layla, did not have a higher education. Layla studied financial courses and graduated from school immediately after the revolution. The first husband of Putin's grandmother left her with a child, um, disap- uh, disappointed in love. Uh, profile, although it does not draw historical parallels, um, writes that the real name of Lila was Rasputin. Oh my goodness, <laughs> Rasputin. Okay. Maybe and after the okay. change of dignity, uh, the second name was uh, changed later. Change yeah. later. Her name is Mud <laughs> Rasputin, <laughs> right? The the uh, evil genius behind the throne of I think it was uh, the the last uh, last czar, maybe it was uh, one of the Nicholas czars. Yeah, uh, a very uh, shady character. Back to you. Yeah. So later, so that the ministers of the monastery did not have bad associations. Her husband. Um, Entered the monastery book as Putin. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. Okay, so you changed the name. Yeah. That's what they're saying then. Yep. Oh, more of those names. Well, no, From... it's interesting. They dropped the RAS in front of Rasputin. <laughs> we should have known. Ah, yeah. Fascinating. That's, mm-hmm. that's probably what is done. Yes. Yep. Okay. So, from Shafalov, uh, Yaroslav region, where Putin's grandmother married her second husband, she moved with him to uh, Kukand, uh, then to Fergana, then to Rostov, the Great. But tried of eternal travel, she left uh, Beshensky and married uh, the Jew Epstein. Oh, Oh, boy. Uh, (laughs) 
He took uh, his wife's surname, who adopted Vova Putin, Putin's father. Thus, Vladimir Putin is a Jew by his grandfather, yes, and not even native, although Ep Epstein. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah, so okay. sounds interesting with this with Rasputin. If that's mm -hmm. if that is uh, the connection here. If that yes. is yep. Major connection there, yeah. Yeah, okay. it was kind of in the eyes of people, but I missed it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Hidden in plain sight. Okay, so here, the electronic newspaper Petersburg News wrote that, um, and again, quote, Putin has already said that Jews have long uh, aroused sympathy to him, in him, uh -huh. and he recalls with joy how he grew up in a communal apartment in Baskov uh, Lawn among Jewish neighbors, the sweetest and most pleasant people, end quote. Right. Just like Harry Truman spent his whole life associated with Jews. Okay. But uh, Pastor Steve told me that uh, uh, Harry Truman's real name was some, some Jewish name. And that uh, he, he may have grown up uh, going to Christian schools, but that was uh, you know, probably an accident. And uh, they're probably because there were no uh, rabbinical schools. <laughs> in Kansas City at the time, right? So, yeah, again, we, we have all these Jews masquerading as Christians. You know, we did this show about uh, Jews masquerading as Nazis a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah, about um, American Nazis are yeah. mostly, yeah, they're Jewish. They're mostly Jewish, right, yeah, because they bought their way into the leadership of these various neo-Nazi organizations without anybody suspecting that they're actually Jews. Okay, so here we go. More of the same. Yeah, the same tactics, infiltration. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. Um, okay, so let's see what you may say there. Uh, it is quite possible that there was no neighbors, but relatives. Okay. Jewishness was not a fact that they liked to uh, ad advertised, natural little Johnny Putin tried to forget about his Jewish root. Okay. Maybe he uh, did that sincerely. Okay. But once becoming prime minister of Russia, the, the Jews would not leave him alone. Right? Yeah. He is in the highest position. So they tried, they want to be mm -hmm. his ears and, and eyes. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Putin's um, president's, uh, presence at the opening of this uh, Center for Jewish Culture and his con, um, congratu congratulations. Yeah, congratulations, sir. Congratulations yes. on Rosh um, uh, Hashanah's added fuel to the fire of supporter of the Jewish version of the present <laughs> Right, And also uh, Putin's regime has banned criticism of the hoaxacost. Okay. Mm -hmm. But of course, every leader of the so-called free world has to do that. Yeah. Uh, Putin himself has um, kept a guerrilla silence, not uh, commenting on these assumptions. Yeah, I guess you give it the mm -hmm. silent treatment. Is that a normal <laughs> tactic? That's Just, right. You have uh, mom's the word, or Putin's, Rasputin is the word. 
That's hilarious. Rasputin shortened to Putin. Amazing. Back to you. A number of journalists have long noted President Putin's remarkably respectful relationship with representatives of Jewish community. The official event of which in Moscow, the head of the state visits repeatedly. Moreover, no, Vladimir Putin has always tried to build trust and relationship with the public leaders of Israel, and in almost every public speech to call the use of Israel uh, uh, fraternal people. Yeah, well, I don't know what that fraternal means, fraternity, an association of people, you know, but uh, maybe he means by blood. I don't know. Could be. Back. Sorry. Mm. Oh, no problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, two men uh, uh, listen to me. Two Jews. Two Jews lighting the Jewish menorah, which has nine candlesticks as opposed to the Israel seven candlesticks. Yeah, and nine, they are probably a favorite number. Just turn yeah. it upside down and have it number six. That's, there you go. <laughs> six, six, six. Yeah, we have seven in our numbers, so... Uh, okay. In particular, in fact, with the coming to power of Putin in oh 1999, read 666. Yeah, right. <laughs> Russia's mm-hmm. policy toward Israel has sharply changed from negative side to positive one. Although many decades before that, Israel was several times on the verge of clashes with the USSR. Uh, which all these years actively support to the Arab countries and regimes surrounding Israel policy and with the supply of weapons. Yeah. Well, I mean, this should be common knowledge for everybody that during the Soviet Union's existence, yeah, and here's a photo of uh, Putin wearing a yarmulke at some Jewish feast in, in Israel, okay, that, uh, yeah, and here again, it's a nine-candle menorah. The Jews always change everything about ancient Israel to suit themselves, okay? And uh, you know, the the Soviet Union actually sabotaged the Arabs in their 1967 clash with the Israelis by providing them with defective weapons and stuff, right? And so very, very few people understood that the Soviet Union was a Jewish, a Jewish operation. Back to you. Okay, I don't know if it's point to read more or if we are happy there. There's some more comments there, but I think oh, you, yeah. you just get the point there, I guess. Right, okay, yeah, I mean, the, the photographs pretty much speak for themselves. You know, it's hard to, you know, I had the same, uh, I gave, I cut Donald Trump slack in the first part of his uh, presidency, but when he went over to Israel and banged his head against the wailing wall, I knew he didn't belong to us. <laughs> he was an actor. Okay. So, speaking of actors and actresses, let's talk about televangelism, right? <laughs> okay. So, let's let's talk about Amy Semple McPherson. Nice Scottish name. And I'll put the yes. link in the chat room for people. Yes, and this is a um, woman I, I have not known about. So this is something news for me to to learn about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's kind of like a, a, an early history of televangelism before television. Although I think she lived long enough to, you know, see televangelism come about. But it's it's a really incredible story 
of how a, a charismatic person can sway gobs and gobs and gobs of Christians <laughs> into believing some, uh, as Brother Abraham likes to say, creating one of the 33,000 <laughs> versions of Christianity in the world today. Back to you. Yeah, and those versions of Christianity is, I guess, they are wide as uh, you have made good statement that they are wide as, uh, I don't know, very wide, but they are very shallow. Right. Yeah, modern Christianity is as wide uh, as a an ocean, but two, only two inches deep. <laughs> There's no depth to the teaching. It's all charisma, like Joel Osteen. I don't know what people see in Joel Osteen. Actually, he kind of looks like uh, Putin. <laughs> but, folks, it, it's, it's, it's pastor worship. That's what this is. It's pastor worship. Anybody who can pronounce the name of Jesus in a loud voice becomes a televangelist. Yeah, it's that simple. Back to you. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, they do, so, it is the, I guess it is the, what do you say? It is the, um, yeah, they do, and they only for money, I guess. Yeah, it feels right? only for money. Stage. Oh, they become very rich, very rich, you know. Blessed be the poor, <laughs> right? <laughs> but none of these. No, well, she became very rich, but it was a. Um, I think she was sincere. Uh, she was a sincere person, but uh, when she moved to Hollywood, the the glamour, <laughs> the glamour uh, uh, act came out. Okay, so uh, please inform us of Amy Semple McPherson. Yes, the mysterious disappearance of a celebrity preacher is the article by Naomi uh, Grimley. So, Amy um, Semple McPherson was one of the most glamorous women in the U.S. in the 1920s. The evangelical preacher put the... Uh, the, um, theoretical church service. Yeah, theatrical. Used... She put on theatrical church. Well, she moved to Hollywood, right? <laughs> it's, just, it's all theatrics. As yeah. most, most modern Christianity is. Nothing but theatrics. Yeah, and used groundbreaking radio broadcasts to teach the gospel. Okay. But one mysterious uh, episode in her life has never been fully explained. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, on the 18th... Yeah, uh, uh, just let me comment. Sorry to break in again. But uh, she looks a little bit like... Uh, who's uh, the German actress? Uh, I want to be alone. Um, who was that? Margot... I can't remember her name. Sorry, folks. But, uh, yeah, very glamorous. Uh, because, well, she moved to Hollywood. What, what do you do when you go to Hollywood? You become glamorous, right? You have to fit in somehow. Yeah. Okay, so on 18th of May 1926, um, Amy Semple McPherson went to um, Venice Beach, Los Angeles to take a swim and write a sermon. The female assistants who'd gone with her had to leave to make a short phone call from a nearby hotel. When she returned, she couldn't see the evangelist anywhere. As evening fell, McPherson was still missing, and her uh, followers rushed to the beach to join the search. One young man um, droned as he um, swam out towards two dead seals, 
which he mistaken for her body. Mm. Oh, oh, very interesting. Okay. Uh, so by fake, so, okay, well, it, it's pretty obvious, we'll find out very quickly, that she faked her own death. Okay. And uh, when you do, uh, perform a prank, and the prank uh, accidentally kills somebody, that that's violating the law. You know, there's a there's various uh, you know t- terms for it. Uh, here, let me just jump because uh, <laughs> there's this website here. It's lawdocstackexchange.com, and uh, the title of the article is "Legal Implications of a Prank Going Horribly Wrong." And so there's this cartoon character here. And he says, hey, kids, I'm Tommy, the office prankster. Today, I'm switching my boss's desk pistol with this novelty TV gun. <laughs> okay, so it's Hollywood style, right? So he takes the, the, his boss's real pistol out of the drawer and puts in a, a Hollywood style fake pistol. And then he says, in a half hour, I'll burst in pretending to be a robber. Woohoo! Okay. And then, well, what could go wrong, Michael? <laughs> what yeah, what could go wrong? Yeah, he to defend himself because you're in America, I guess. Yeah, right. Okay. And so the uh, the what is the offense called here? Uh, criminal negligence. Criminal negligence, and uh, there's probably uh, it could be the charge could be raised to something else like. Uh, you know, unintentional homicide, you know, there's, but uh, for sure, criminal negligence, if someone dies as a result of your prank, okay, uh, they can't call it murder because there was no intent to kill, right? Reckless homicide, it could be, that that could be the charge as well, okay, back to you. Okay, so here we have a quote. Um, a local newspaper even um, speculated that uh, there had been a uh, sea monster sighted <laughs> off Vinny's beach. That just adds to the mystery, right? A sea monster swallowed yeah. up Amy Semple McPherson. Fascinating. Yeah, end quote. Uh-huh. And says McPherson's biographer, Matthew Sutton, end quote, they thought, they thought maybe this sea monster had sh- uh, swallowed McPherson's hole, end quote. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a big fit. Right, yeah, big fish. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, you know what? Uh, who was who the 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 prophet that sw- swallowed by the whale in the Old Testament? Uh, oh, it fits, it, <laughs> right? Yeah, was it jo- Joel? Joel? Yeah, right. No, not Joel. Um, uh, oh, I forget his name now. Right. Yeah. So yeah, again, uh, theatrics, but uh, but nobody knew it was theatrics until later. Back to you. Yeah, he wanted to get away from from doing the works of Yahweh, but he tried to escape. But uh, no, it didn't work. So he ended up in the fish belly. <laughs> right? <laughs> Crazy. So that, yeah, that's what what happened. If you yeah, he will he, he will get you to do his work. Mm, it was yep. Jonah. Jonah, right? Uh, Thank you, Jonah. Sorry for missing the name. Almost. Yeah. And um, okay, uh, other thoughts that the evangelist would miraculously. We're actually um, re- resurrected. Yeah. For five weeks, national newspaper carried rival theories about what had happened to McPherson. 
Okay, this was national news, folks. All right, the big headlines. 9 o'clock a.m. edition of Los Angeles Times. Amy McPherson drowned. Believes. Mm-hmm. As everybody believes, yes. Okay, so um, had she drowned, had she staged the ultimate um, theoretical stunt? Yeah, theoretical. Yeah, theatrical, <laughs> um, yeah. Had the weight of her own fame just become too much? Well, that happens that, to people. You get too famous, you get tired of it, and you just withdraw, right? I want mm-hmm. to be alone, <laughs> right? Yes. Don't bother uh, me. Mm-hmm. Then one day in June, she reemerged in a small town of uh, Agua uh, Prieta on the Mexico-Arizona border. And she claim, McPherson claimed she had been kidnapped, but had she? Okay. Um, her story to that date had already been extraordinary. She was born Amy Elizabeth um, Kennedy on a farm in Ontario, Canada, in 1890. As a teenager, she'd gone to hear an uh, Irish Pentecostal preacher, Robert Sample, speak in the local town. Before long, she'd married him and joined his life on the road. But a trip they took to Hong Kong as missionaries ended in disaster. Both she and her husband fell ill with malaria. He died, but she survived, pregnant with her first child. Well, that's what you get for trying to convert the heathen. Yeah, you should not do that. That's that is, right. That is the heathen. Mm-hmm. When McPherson re- returned to America, she felt uh, the call to travel and preach. Quote, she was... Um, uh, spellbinding speakers, end quote, says Sutton. Spellbinding, so she was right. good to talk. Mm-hmm. That's what I guess when I read yeah, that. Yeah, she, she hypnotized her audience. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. a beautiful women also, it makes their impression on the men, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Well, you see, well, in those days, everybody wore hats, including the yeah. women, you know. Uh, so you can see a crowd here of people wearing nothing but hats. You hardly see a, a unhatted person in the crowd. Yeah. Okay. So, quote, she knew how uh, to use uh, dramatic tricks to draw an audience. And so she turned out to be an enormously popular. What made her so popular was her seeming ability to lay hands on the sick and to heal them, end quote. Mm. Maybe she did have that ability. Okay. A lot of it depends on people's belief. You know, if they believe somebody can heal them, it happens. Yes, okay. it is about the beliefs in you. Mm-hmm. You have to yeah. um, Soon, McPherson, no, a sis, uh, sister, Amy, to her followers, had become a preaching sensation touring across the U.S. during the early 1920s. Yeah, those damn Canadians always come to America. <laughs> All right, but she was an Irish redhead, a flaming Irish redhead, who had come yes. to America to preach. Um, it was an unusual choice of career for a single mother, and before long, she was also a um, divorcee. Her second marriage uh, to Harold McPherson 
with whom she had another child, and there partly because he found it so difficult to walk in her shadow as her fame grew. Typical Hollywood mm -hmm. story, <laughs> right? Okay. In the 1923, um, uh, she built a permanent base for her religious movement, uh, a white doomed church called um, Angelus Temple, Temple in the Echo Park neighborhood of Los Angeles. She put on elaborate service for the public and brought a radio station to broadcast to listeners okay. at home. So a radio evangelist, presaging pre televangelism. Yes. Theatrics, first... theatrics galore. Mm -hmm. um, there were uh, no ordinary sermons. They were more like music hall performance. Um, quote, uh, she had the best ac actors, yeah, actors, the best set designers, the best um, costumes, uh, the best makeup artist, and professional lightning, end quote, says Sutton. Um, quote, she would create these stories, these dra uh, dramas in which biblical stories would come to life. Just End like quote. Joel Osteen does, you know, he takes stories about uh, uh, love between two geese <laughs> and how much they loved each other and uh, tr tries to tie that into the Bible, right? It captivates audience with this garbage, but that's what they do. Yeah, but it's, it's purely us to make money out of the scriptures. Nothing, not yeah. you don't teach the truth. You just just make money, make making yeah. merchandise out of scriptures. Yeah. Now I don't think she intended ever intended to you know be a uh, a millionaire doing this. It just worked out that way. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and here's a guess a beautiful bitch picture of her. Yeah, uh, wearing a Dutch a Dutch outfit and clogged shoes. Yes. Yeah, maybe that's what I should do. <laughs> get well, get some wooden shoes and toe tap and dance and put on a performance. Uh, I'll bet I draw crowds. Uh, uh, the crowds were so large, people had uh, to queue around the block to get a seat at um, Angelus um, Temple today. You can still see the uh, theatre-like layout complete with a stage at the center and mm -hmm. uh, quote it was quite simple the best show in town and quote mm -hmm. even better than even better than the hollywood actors and <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. uh, temples and um, archivist steve uh, selene and quote she would call the construction crew and say i need you to build me a a 20-feet Trojan horse that's hollow on the inside. Well, of course, a Trojan horse has to be hollow on the inside, right? Otherwise, it's not a Trojan horse. So what you do, pop out of the Trojan horse as part of her performance? <laughs> or I need uh, you to build me a huge ship. Um, the bow needs to stick out 20 feet. It needs to have guns on it with smoke coming out. Or maybe point. a whale that she would jump out of the fish's mouth. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she, did, no, she thought of that one later on. Okay. Often her crew would only have a week to finish these lavish sets. Oh, lavish. Right. Lavish sets. Yeah. Lavish sets. Talk about. Well, it's, it's all Hollywood. 
It's Hollywood style Christianity. Yeah, but it's it's not true Christianity. This is of just course. yes. And Charlotte Chaplin used it to advise McPherson on which of her production work it best. Oh, okay. All right. There's a well. There's a Jewish connection. Charlie Chaplin. Uh, yeah. Hollywood style Christianity run by well, in this case, advised by Jews, not necessarily run by Jews. Yeah. Um, in fact, over the years, the Hollywood actor um, struck up an unlikely friendship with uh, this uh, conservative Pentecostal preacher. Well, no, it's not unlikely anymore. It's called televangelism. Yeah, and this building I see here is this still this still to be found? This building Apparently, looks like yeah, it's more like it looks like a Colosseum from the Roman time. Maybe I don't know. I wonder if they'll let me preach there. That would be fun. <laughs> okay, crazy. I mean, modern Christianity is so theatrical; it's unbelievable. It sells. It sells, folks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's um, it's not what we should do. It's not mm-hmm. the truth. It doesn't make you free. It more more to the way that maybe gives gets you to yeah you go it's, through it enslaves you to theatrics. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. Okay, founded by Amy um, Semple McPherson, who opened its first church, Angelius Temple, on first January nineteen twenty three. Today, there are 1,794 square churches in wow. the US. Wow! 1,700 four square. This is big. Yeah. She was she was a phenomenon. Amazing. Yeah. Have you seen this building? No, it's I haven't. Left. I've only been to Hollywood twice. <laughs> okay. And, and, and cried all the way there and back. <laughs> all right. Okay, more than 66,000 meeting place around the world in 140 countries and um, territories including the Philippines, Kenya, and the Dominican Republic. She's bigger. She's bigger than uh, you know, Joel, uh, Joel Osteen. 66,000 meeting places in 140 countries. Why haven't we heard of her? Yeah, I, I guess this has fell into, yeah, it's yeah. disappeared, I guess. Yeah. It doesn't exist. Well, she did a disappearing act, so maybe that's why. Yeah. Uh, The term four square gospel comes from the book of Ezekiel, who saw God revealed with four different faces, a man, a lion, an ox, and an eagle. McPherson equated these with the four aspects of Jesus. Okay. uh, What are the real? What's the real meaning? Of this, I see the um, tribes of Israel in this. Yeah, uh, the man in representation of now I don't remember is Reuben. Who has the that's, that's Reuben, okay. Reuben and Judah, lion of Judah, right? Yes, and the ox. I guess isn't that? That's uh, Ephraim. Ephraim, that's, yes, uh, and the eagle is is Dan. Dan, there you go. Yeah, but yeah. she didn't know that, so she was she was guessing. Back yeah, and this is the leader. The, what to say? The leader, leader, yeah. leader tribes in those yeah. uh, in those different congregations gathered them. So. Yeah. See, see, Jesus did it the wrong way. He should have been more charismatic. Yeah, but this it wasn't had to do with that because yeah, well, yeah. 
I could see the women swooning in the audience. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, preach to us. No, but he wasn't preaching to a, a, a Hollywood-style audience. He was serious. No. Yes, and that makes him too serious. And then he Too serious, to right. Yeah, and they can't take it. <laughs> Profits for profit, says Bud Fatball guy. The placebo gospel, that's good. Yes, yes, yeah. Wow. Okay. And, and these people are, well, she became an actress. Right? I mean, she probably started out being serious, you know, uh, because she married a preacher. And so, um, oh, well, here, I'll just continue the ministry in his name, right? And then, but then she moved to Hollywood. That changed everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's see here. As a um, retreat from her superstar lifestyle, McPherson built a house. Um, Perched uh, on a rock. Perched on a rock. Yeah, perched on a rock above Lake Elsinore, a 90-minute car ride from Los Angeles. Uh, It is a coastal influenced by her travel in the Middle East. It it looks a bit out of uh, place in the California landscape with a white exterior. uh, crenellated. crenellated roof and yeah, I don't know what that means. Crenellated, crenellated roof, yeah, and Masoic um, and crusted dune. It's actually like an Islamic uh, dome sitting in front of her house. That's strange. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that there is a cross on top of the house. Yeah. A bit odd how when you see it. Yeah, it's a, it looks like the the uh, in front of her house. It looks like a minaret. Doesn't look like a, a Christian symbol at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm, okay. So, quote, she was constantly being followed, end quote, explains my guide, Erin uh, Funk. Gre- Greta Garbo. That's the person I was trying. So, she kind of looks like Greta Garbo, and she was probably even more famous than Greta Garbo. Yeah, and that's Gre- Gre- Greta, I guess, Greta Garbo. Mm hmm. Yeah, and then where? Because wasn't she, I bit? Wasn't he in Sweden? I don't know. I don't she remember. She might be this. Swedish. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think she was because that you had a you had a place called um, that goes on the same on the same name as as her. Really? Uh, called um, the, uh, Garbo, yeah. something like that before. Yeah. The only question is who was the better actress? Yeah, yeah, she is. Yeah, she was. Uh, yeah, I guess she was from Stockholm. Okay. From Sweden. And then they changed to the name, yeah, had a very Swedish name, Gustafsson. And then mm. she gave, changed to Garbo, I guess. Okay. Just like Rasputin. But- <laughs> That's amazing, folks. They just shortened the name from Rasputin to Putin. Yeah, if that's true, then you see, then it is the, yeah. <laughs> okay, please continue. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh a preacher in the Pentecostal church founded by McPherson. So it's a Pentecostal church. Is that McPherson's, what do you say? Is that the rest of her? Is that where it... Well, her no. husband, her husband was a Pentecostal preacher. And the ah. Pentecostal uh, church in America w- was founded um, 
by uh, by actually a, a guy, a preacher who was familiar with Christian identity, and he would teach that the uh, Israelites, the the Caucasian people, were the Israelites. He would preach that. But as he became more and more famous, black people started coming to the services, uh, and uh, you know Latinos started coming to the services. So he watered down the identity message, and that's the origin of Pentecostalism. It actually began uh, teaching identity. Back to you. Yes, we did it to get more money in the pews. Yeah, and, and they're famous for rolling in the aisles and singing hymns, you know, black uh, spiritual hymns, you know, in their churches. I did once go to a Pentecostal service in Chicago, and it was loaded with black people. And it was as multi-culty as you can possibly get. All right. So that's where Pentecostalism is today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not what... Uh, no, that's not what, what the Bible teaches. Yeah. No. Right. That's not what he said. He come only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Amen. Okay. So, quote, to give people an understanding about how popular she was and how much people followed her, it will be equivalent of... Princess Diana, end quote. Uh, she says, as uh, she shows me around the um, Equisti Art uh, Deco rooms with beautiful yeah. murals and uh, tiled walls. Okay, let me re- restate that for people. Exquisite yeah. Art Deco rooms with beautiful murals and tiled walls. Yeah, she was a billionaire. Yeah, it was many different words. So yeah, that's good. <laughs> Helping me out with this. Yes. Uh, All right. So there's, even, um, so there's even a subterranean um, passage from the garage into the house so that McPherson could avoid reporters. <laughs> wow. I want to be alone, right? That's how famous she was. Yeah. Um, and I have not known about this, this woman since before, since today. So this yeah. is complete new for me. Yeah, but this is a perfect example of how Christianity is marketed in the modern world. Okay. It's marketing, Mm -hmm. folks. It's not real Christianity. Back to you. Yeah. Okay. So, but McPherson's mysterious disappearance in 1926 and her reappearance in Agua uh, Prieta gave reports exactly what they wanted. Oh, now she couldn't avoid them. (laughs) Okay. Talk about headlines. Yeah, uh, when she turned up in the dusty border town, uh, quote, she came to a family's home and she knocked on the door, end quote, says 1920s enthusiastic Kim Cooper. Uh, quote, she tells them that she's been walking for hours and hours, having escaped from a weird little hut where she had was held captive by three people. Ah, the old kid. I was kidnapped routine. (laughs) Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. uh, McPherson claimed she'd been persuaded by the three stagers to leave the beach on the fateful afternoon back in May to pray for a sick child laying in the back of a car. Okay. Oh, she didn't tell her assistant that, uh, you know, wait for her assistant to come back while she was going for a swim? A likely story, folks. A likely... Anyway, go ahead. (laughs) Made up. (laughs) Yep. 
Uh, quote, as she bent into this car, she was showered inside and um, uh, chloroformed and the next thing she knew, she was imprisoned. Well, and it's possible. It's possible, right? But it's a really good story. (laughs) Yeah, she is a seller. Yeah, right? actor. A saleswoman. Very good. Yeah. Uh, Not everyone, though, uh, subscribed to this theory. Biographer Matthew Sutton believes she had run away with with her sound engineer, a married man called Kenneth um, Ormiston, who also disappeared at the same time. Aha! He disappeared Uh, at the same time, folks. Hmm. Okay. And quote, I'm 99% confident that she had an affair, end quote, he said. The business of, of Christianity was getting boring. <laughs> right? Okay. Okay, so quote, I suspect she ran away with uh, Ormiston. Then, uh, ultimately, after a month um, reading the newspaper and seeing what was happening, she decided to make this dramatic return. The kidnapping story was the best means she came up with for doing it. And yeah, quote. reports of my demise are highly exaggerated, <laughs> to quote Mark Twain. Yeah, okay. Uh, to this day, there is a great deal of debate about what exactly happened. When McPherson returned to Los Angeles, she faced a grand jury investigation into her kidnapping story. But it ended up more uh, preoccupied with her private life. Okay, that's why McPherson's story attracts such attention and why she's been um, paranoid in various plays and books. Parodied. A parody Parodied. is a, is a, uh, you know, a, a kind of uh, joking, uh, turn, turn her life into a joke. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Cole Porter, for example, turned her into the quote, um, sensationous um, sermonizer, end quote. Reno Sveni in a musical Anything Goes. Okay, so she was depicted as Reno Sweeney in the musical Anything Goes. Of course, Cole Porter is a Jew. Okay, so make fun of her. Yeah. Today, her followers say that scandalous... Uh, accounts of her life overlook all the good work she did on the streets of Los Angeles, especially during the Depression, when government agency failed to clothe and feed the poor. Angelus uh, Temple stepped in, helping 1.5 million people get back on their feet. Okay, very good. But according to Jane Shaw, professor of religious studies at um, Stanford University, McPherson's biggest legacy is the way she combined, quote, a con- conservative, conservative form of religion with the media of uh, modernity. Okay, yeah, and, so she was the originator of what we call televangelism today. Yes, so it's, okay. that's what that said. In many ways, her radio station laid away for American modern oh. televangelists. Okay. Proof, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay, so on the 27th of September, 1944, Amy Sample McPherson was found dead in a hotel room in Oakland, oh, California. Just like, just like Marilyn Monroe. 
yeah, a lifelong in some um, some manic insomnia. Insomnia. People with insomnia can't sleep. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Insomnia. Okay. Yeah. The fifty-three-year-old had taken too many um, sedatives, but her fel- uh, followers insisted it. it it wasn't suicide. Again, suicide. just like Marilyn Monroe, right? She was probably murdered. Maybe she was making Christianity too popular in, well, that version of Christianity in Los Angeles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And her body was uh, flown back to Los Angeles where she lay in state for three days and three nights at the, at the temple she had built for her groundbreaking movement. Just like Jonah being in the whale for three days and three nights. Oh, yeah. Amazing, folks. Um, her uh, Foursquare four Church still exists in this day and claims membership of 8 million worldwide. You can still visit Angelius Temple on a Sunday for a service, but it's very di- different congregations to the one that listened to McPherson. Nowadays, the, the worshippers are mainly Hispanic, a sign of the changing demographics of both Los Angeles and modern-day uh, Pentecostalism in America. All right, very good. That's true. Modern-day Pentecostalism is hardly ever attended by white people anymore. Okay, so it is dramatically changed. So there's the story of the, the woman who founded the televangelistic movement by, you know, by accident, actually. But the, the theatrics of the televangelists mimic what she did. Okay? An amazing story of Amy Semple McPherson. Uh, like, uh, like Greta Garbo, became more famous than she could handle. All right. So yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, you you know that women more, but she yeah she's the Swedish girl that moved to moved to America, nineteen fifty. Okay, yeah. Who uh, who was that? Greta Garbo. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was once. Yeah. Okay. But she made most of her movies in Europe, right? But yeah, uh, I I think she did. Yeah. Yeah. But she needed. She wanted a taste of Hollywood too. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't think it draws. Well, I mean, for rock and roll today, I don't know about actors and actresses because, uh, but nevertheless, th- those people who want to be famous and make lots of money, they go to they go to L.A. That's still where the money yeah. is. That's where the Jews are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So let's talk about Gerald Lyman Smith, and I'll post the. Uh, this is from the Encyclopedia of Arkansas. Okay, although he was born in Wisconsin, he made himself famous in Arkansas, and uh, he was a Klansman. He was a he was actually uh, the predecessor to Dr. Wesley Swift. But now, now talk about L.A. <laughs> right, Dr. Wesley Swift and Bertrand Compare. They also wound up in L.A. Hollywood, to be exact. So uh, Hollywood attracted all kinds of people, but there's hardly any semblance of Christian identity left in L.A. There's a few people I know in L.A., but uh, nothing like it used to be. All right. Okay, over, back to you. Gerald Lyman Kenneth Smith, 18, 1898 to 1976. 
Yeah, this is also a fellow that I have no no previous knowledge about. So something new for me again. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he's infamous. Yeah, yeah from going a very from very famous to very infamous. Ah, uh, okay. That's mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Gerald uh, Lehman Kenneth Smith was a minister and political aviator who built a series of uh, quote sacred uh, projects end quote. And tourist attractions with a religious theme in Eureka Springs and Carroll Country, beginning in the 1960s. He attained prominence first in 1930 as an organizer for Louisiana political boss Huey P. Long, but was known more for far right activism, particularly for anti Semitic and fascist causes. No, fascist, fascist, not fascist. <laughs> okay. All right. So Huey P. Long was a Democrat. Okay. But he opposed the uh, everything that the Roosevelt administration had done during the Great Depression. He, he, he taught that the, the Fed should print money, not withhold money from the public. Okay. Which was the right thing to do. So Huey P. Long was murdered because he, he wanted to run against... FDR, and he would have beat FDR because he was really a man of the people. He was a man of the people, although, and he, he was a, a very charismatic politician, unlike FDR. So Huey P. Long actually went to the extent during the Depression of calling all the bankers in the state of Louisiana and told them, you will not stop loaning money like the rest of the country did. This angered the Jews immensely. So he was murdered by a Jew, by the way. It was a Jewish assassinator that murdered Huey P. Long. Back to you. Oh, some American yeah. politics here. And then right? I guess that is the last resort they take when they can't, uh -huh. if they can't win you. And I'm sure this made a great impression on Gerald L.K. Smith. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Gerald L. K. Smith was born February 7, 1898, on a farm in uh, uh, Pardewell, Wisconsin, uh, to uh, said uh, Smith and Sarah Smith. He had one sister. He was uh, uh, descendant from three generations of uh, disciples of Christ ministers. Uh, earned a degree in biblical studies from uh, Val Paradis University in Indiana. Sorry for nineteen Pardeville. Pardeville, I guess is the name. Uh, Valparaiso, Valparaiso University. Just a hop, skip, and a jump from Chicago. Ah, it's close to uh, Indiana. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And became minister himself, serving churches in Wisconsin, Illinois, and Indiana. Uh, he married Elena uh, Sowerenson in 1922. They adopted their only child, Gerald L. K. Smith Jr. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, the name of the assassin was Carl Austin Weiss, a Jewish physician who lived in uh, probably, well, I guess he lived in Louisiana as well. All right, back to you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in 1929, Smith took the job of pastor at King's Highway Disciples of Christ Church in uh, uh, Sh Shreveport, 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 Louisiana. Yeah. 
Louisiana. He met uh, Long, a future United States senator who maintained a law office in um, Shreveport uh, and who later uh, per, uh, prevented a foreclosure of some of Smith Congress houses. Okay, and this, this is, is Huey P. Long. He yeah, Huey P. Long, it, it shows he was a true populist. He actually cared for people, all right, even though he was a Democrat. <laughs> Right? Democrats don't really care for people. They pretend to. But he was a real, what we in those days would call a real populist. He actually sympathized with the plight of the poor. And so he prevented the foreclosure of these congregants' houses. That would have angered the Jews as well. Yeah, so, uh, okay. Um, um, throughout his career, Smith would be attracted to powerful men on the left and the right who influenced him. Long among them, his association with the political liberal Long, uh, an angered conservative church uh, director, and only seven months after coming to um, Shreveport, Smith resigned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so it only lasted seven months. Yeah, after he resigned from the church before they could fire him. Okay. Yeah, so so it's interesting. Now, he he prevented the foreclosure of many congregants' homes, and yet the people in the uh, the board of directors of this church wanted to get rid of him after doing these good deeds. Hmm. Very it interesting. Like Rat. Yeah. No. No good deeds shall go unpunished. Mm hmm. Okay. So, in the early 1930s, Smith began to express anti-Semitic and uh, fascist um, sentiments and considered joining the Silver Shirts, uh, a pro-Nazi group led by William Dudley Pelly. Uh, I never heard of that. Yeah, yeah, he's a famous uh, anti-Judaist in America, William Dudley Pelly. Great man. Mm -hmm. yeah. Instead, Smith uh, became national organizer for Long's um, Share Our Wealth Society, a group promoting the wealth redistribution plan that Long planned to use uh, as the uh, centerpiece for the 1936 president bid. Yeah, okay, so uh, Roosevelt promised to do all kinds of things. He created the uh, all the ABC uh, administration we have, you know, totally against the U.S. Constitution, uh, dramatically increasing the size of the government. Okay, communist style. And Huey P. Long was the opposition where he actually shared the wealth with people. That's what he did in Louisiana. And he would have done it nationally. All the bankers had to do was to resume printing money and spend it into circulation. That's all they had to do to stop the Depression. But they wouldn't do that. They wanted people to starve. They wanted people, they wanted to foreclose on the farmers' homes, etc., etc. The The Great Depression was caused by the Jew banksters who own the Federal Reserve, folks. That's who caused the Great Depression. Uh, you will not hear this from mainstream media, and it won't be in the history books. Back to you. No, and this is real economical, how right. economics works. That's right. It is purely what economics is about. And I guess pump and dump is the name of the game. Yeah. Now, uh, Long was not, neither Long nor Smith were beyond uh, theatrics. 
They both used lots of theatrics in their ministry. <laughs> okay. But uh, mm-hmm. Gerald L.K. Smith used it to convert people to real Christianity. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Back to you. Yeah. The work made Smith discover his talent for moving the masses um, through public speaking. H.L. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mencken called him, quote, the justiest and goriest. goriest. The gut- uh, the gutsiest and goriest, loudest and lustiest, <laughs> the deadliest and damnedest orator ever heard on this or any other earth. <laughs> that That's real praise. Let oh, me read the whole thing, and, wow. and then you can try it in your, your Swedish version of English, okay? The gutsiest and goriest, loudest and lustiest, the deadliest and damnedest orator ever heard on this or any other earth, the champion boob buster of all epochs, H.L. Mencken. By the way, H.L. Mencken was a, a true anti-Judaist. He raked the Jews over the coal. So th- that's why you haven't heard of these people, is because they opposed Judaism and Zionism, and therefore they're buried in the, in the history books. They've been, uh, what do you call it, uh, how did Orwell put, put it? Yeah, memory hole. Memory hole. They were put in the yeah. memory hole. Back to you. Yeah, so the gutsiest and um, <laughs> goriest, loudest and lustiest, the uh, deadliest and damned orator even heard on this or any other earth, the sh- um, champion boo buster of all epochs. Okay, that's tremendous praise, folks. Tremendous <laughs> praise. Okay. Uh, maybe, maybe it doesn't sound like it, but it is. <laughs> yes, and here comes the, as you pointed out, Long was um, assassinated in September 1935, sending Smith uh, in search of another cause and uh, ultimately into the fold of Francis E. Townsend, a retired physician who proposed to ease the Great Depression by providing uh, pensions to older people. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, so, by the way, by the way, Roosevelt refused to do, and Roosevelt actually denied the pension of the the bonus army, and the, the World War One soldiers of America who went to uh, Europe to fight World War One. They were promised a bonus upon their return. They never got it. Thanks to FDR. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't keep, they didn't keep their end of the bargain. Okay, so in 1936, Smith and Townsend joined Father Charles E. Um, Coglin, a Roman Catholic priest who became naturally prominent via his radio programs to create the Union Party, opposing President Franklin D. Roosevelt. The party uh, shows North Dakota Congressman uh, William uh, Lemke uh, as its standard bearer. uh, Smith said he was proud to speak not only for uh, Lemke, but also for the Constitution, the American flag and the Bible. Uh, The Smith-Townsend-Cowlin collaboration uh, faltered because of personal rivalries and Lemke's Candidacy failed. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, of course they were opposed. They were all opposed by the Jews. Okay. Because 
the Jews were getting ready to fight World War II and drag America into that battle. And uh, all of these people opposed that. But Franklin D. Roosevelt, he, he organized it. He organized World War II on behalf of the Jews. Yeah. And wasn't his name Roosevelt or something like that? What's that? It wasn't uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt. It wasn't really his name. Wasn't it Roosevelt? Yeah, Rosenfeld. But uh, the Jewish part of his family is the Delanos. The D stands for Delano. And the Delanos were definitely Jewish. Ah, okay. Okay. Um, So, Smith um, continued his um, agitation, found several vehicles to fight communism, liberalism, organized labor, and Jews. Uh-oh! That's what got him into trouble. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I guess all of those stuff that he is fighting has the same, what do you say, where it comes from, stems yeah. from. Yeah, Jews. It's all Jewish. Uh, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, he fights the stuff that is communism and mm-hmm. socialism. That's right. And we shouldn't have any part of it because it kills us. Um, the Committee of uh, the One Million, the Christian Nationalist Crusade, a monthly publication, The Cross and the Flag, the American First Party, and the Christian Nationalist Party. He ran unsuccessfully for the U.S. Senate and for the presidency several times. By 1956, when Smith made his last bid for the White House for the, Christ- the Christian Nationalist Party, his Support base had shrunk to the far-right fringe. Nonetheless, he had enough adherents who provided contribution to found his effort. Well, uh, the most famous member of the America First Party was the aviator. Okay. Uh, What's his name? (laughs) Uh, Spirit of St. Louis. I keep forgetting. For some reason, I always zonk out on his name. Anyway, uh, Charles A. Lindbergh. Charles oh, Lindbergh. Lindbergh. Yeah. yeah. And Lindbergh was an anti-communist and an anti-Zionist. And in his speeches, he said he told people the Jews were planning another war. Okay. And uh, his reward for saying that publicly was that his baby boy was kidnapped and murdered. By you know who. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's terrible. That's so terrible when they do this. Mm -hmm. So, in 1964, Smith came to Arkansas and brought Penn Castle, a Victorian mansion in Eureka Springs, an Ozark Mountain spa town that had lapsed into economic stagnation. He remedied it lavishly, turning it into his retirement home. Two years later, he built the first of his sacred projects, a seven-story statue of Jesus, the Christ of the uh, Ozarks, one magnetic mountains on magnetic mountain. Smith proclaimed that it was more beautiful than uh, Michelangelo's (laughs) art. Right, well, it was. (laughs) Disagreeing, an art critic liked it to a milk cartoon with a tennis ball uh, stuffed on its top. Okay. Yeah, you, you, but think big. You got, like I said, he was he was uh, not uh, beyond using theatrics. 
okay, to attract people, you know, and it worked. It worked, no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, soon, Smith added to Christ Only Art Gallery, a Bible museum, and a passion play staged in an outdoor um, am- amphitheater. Amphitheater, right. Amphitheater. Was it on water, I guess? No, well, it, no, it's a, it's a basically an outdoor uh, uh, st- uh, stadium or theater built on a hillside with a stage at the ah. bottom. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, the play was performed on a 400-foot reproduction of a street in old Jerusalem and included live animals. By 1975, the theater was expanded from 3,000 seats to 6,000 seats, and more than 188,000 had watched the play, making it the largest outdoor uh, pageant in the United States. Um, used and answered the plays as anti-Semitic, but mm. Smith called it, quote, the only presentation of its kind in the world which has not diluted its content to flatter the Christ-hating views. <laughs> All and, right, quote, my man. Uh, okay. Yeah. He spoke the truth. Yeah, and then you get the, what do you say, the, I don't use the word reward, what do you have from them? They, That's right. They are graduations. Okay, the sacred poet helped to uh, revitalize the Eureka Springs area. Despite some local criticism of Smith, he was hailed as an um, area hero and planned another major attraction, a 100 million Disney-like replica of the Holy Land, including the Great Wall of Jerusalem, uh, the Sea of um, Galilee, uh, the River Jordan, in which people could be baptized, and uh, scenes from Jesus' life. Only the wall was finished before Smith died. So what he he was thumbing his nose at the Jews. That's what he yeah, was doing. Then, okay. Yeah. Then you have an enemy. Mm, oh man. Yeah. Now I'm beginning to wonder how he died. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. All right. We have a couple more. Paragraphs here. Yes, so uh, the sacred poet gave Smith some um, respectability, but could not obscure the anti-Semitism and hatred for which he was most known. He maintained that Jesus was a Gentile whom Jews crucified. Yes, that is true. Well, Gentile means Israelite. That's what it means. Gentile, in fact, does mean Israelite. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was an Israelite. Mm-hmm. The Jews crucified him. And that, I guess, they don't like to be pointed out, but it's said in Scripture. Uh, that President Roosevelt, um, Truman, and Eisenhower were Jews. That's correct. Ike the Kike. All three of them were yeah. Jews. Yeah, isn't that said? Uh, that, that uh, what do you say? The Swedish Jew, something like that, about mm-hmm. Eisenhower. Yeah. Um, the Nazi dictator Adolf Hitler was a Bolshevik. Uh, uh, Bolshevik and a Jewish foil. That would be mm-hmm. a shill, a, a, another actor. So that's what he claimed about Adolf Hitler. Now, uh, I did a show not too long ago uh, showing how the, the, the fact is that wealthy Jews did finance Hitler in the early days. Okay, there's absolutely no doubt about that. And uh, the, the uh, baker 
who was behind uh, the Nazi regime, was uh, associated with the Rothschilds. So there's absolutely no doubt about that. Now, whether he was one of them or whether he was manipulated by them, uh, I think that's an open question. Back to you. Yeah. Uh, we, we will probably only know that when uh, Yeshua returns. And that's right. Yeah, I think we'll only know that then, yes. Yeah, but uh, here, here's the trick. And this is how the Jewish banksters always operate. They always finance both sides of every war. Okay? Yeah. We know that about how they operate, okay? And so yes. uh, so uh, my view of the situation is they, they supported Hitler in the early days, thinking they would be able to control him, and uh, it wouldn't get out of hand. But I think he, he spoiled the plan when he decided to expel the Jews from Germany, right? I don't think that was part of the plan. But even there, the Jews cooperated, the Zionists cooperated with the Nazi regime because this was the only way they could get Jews to move out of Germany and go to Palestine. So they had the transfer agreement, which was how the Nazis and the Zionists cooperated by paying the Nazis 2,000 marks per Jew to put them on a boat to Palestine, which prompted uh, one Jewish author to say, Adolf Hitler was the founder of the Jewish state. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he meant that jokingly, of course. But that is the truth, because the, uh, the Zionists paid the Nazis 2,000 marks per Jew to get them on a, put them on a boat Send them to Palestine, and the first boats that delivered Jews to Palestine floor, flew both the Nazi flag and the Zionist flag. Can you believe it? Yes, that's not in the history books. That flies in the face with the narrative. That's right. Mm, but that's uh, there are coins that shows both the what is oh, yes. their star and and uh, swastika. Right on, on on different sides, of course. <laughs> right. And yeah, and somebody, somebody uh, uh, asked me to do a show about that, and so you know we'll have to investigate that coin more closely because that is is something we could use to publicize the fact that the Zionists did in fact cooperate with Adolf Hitler, okay, in getting Jews out of Germany. That is a totally obscured historical fact, folks. Totally obscured. And yes, that and coin. Pictures of that, and pictures of when the when Jews from when they arrive on the yeah. ships with uh, with swastika flags on their ships arriving right. in Palestine. Right, and the Holocaust was invented after World War II. That narrative was because it didn't happen. Right, the Nazis did not gas any Jews to death, and they did not have a systematic killing uh, process of Jews or anybody else. They did not. That is nothing but wartime hysterical propaganda. That's all it was. And post-war propaganda. Back to you. So the, uh, that the Jews invented communism and that Jews uh, pr prodded African-Americans to begin the civil rights movements to jolt uh, tranquil American society. The National Association for the Chosen People, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, the Colored People, was created by Jews, and it did not have a black president until the 1960s. It was run by Jews, and it's still run by Jews today. Yeah. And so, Smith, so he was absolutely uh, right about them. Absolutely right. 
that's why he's he's put in the memory hole. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Smith lamented that he was um, cartigated only because he was emboldened to air such issues. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, any famous personality who uh, uh, tells the truth about the Jews will be crucified. No doubt about it. Yeah. So Smith died of um, uh, pneumonia on April 5th, 1976 in California, his winter home. He is buried at the foot of the of the Christ of the uh, Ozark statue. Okay, so apparently all of these preachers, uh, the, the famous ones, wind up in L.A., <laughs> right? It's quite amazing, folks. But that's true of even of Swift and Compare, you know, because they, they preached in Hollywood, Hollywood, California. Because at, in those days, probably thanks to Gerald L.K. Smith, uh, the, uh, the Christian identity message was being preached in L.A., Right, and even uh, uh, it surprises many people to know that uh, Billy Frank or, or Billy Graham uh, actually knew the Christian identity message. He was taught it by Billy Sunday, another very famous uh, American preacher. But of course, Billy Frank uh, was really Jewish. Billy Graham changed his name from Frank to Graham, and his son is named Franklin Graham. <laughs> I think that's uh, uh, bowing to his Jewish heritage too. So that, uh, you know, he, he uh, Billy Frank, uh, followed the Jewish, you know, multicultural plan to the hilt. Okay. So, uh, Gerald L.K. Smith tried to warn the American people of the Jewish takeover of America and was bitterly crucified for that. And he's still regarded, quote, unquote, as an anti-Semite even today. Well, no, he was just telling the truth about them. Right. So, the great story, uh, Gerald L.K. Smith and Amy <laughs> Semple McPherson. And, you know, so we have all of these, uh, you know, religious ministers who uh, had captive, and Charles Coughlin uh, was another. He was a Catholic priest who also exposed the Jews. Coughlin exposed the fact that the Jews supported both sides in the Civil War and created the hostility between the North and the South. Can you believe it, Michael? The Jews would do such a thing. Yeah, it's again, it's, you, you play the strings toward the middle, both yep. strings to the middle. Right, or we, or we call it burning both ends, or, uh, playing both ends against the middle, right? You always support yeah. the extreme side so to destroy the middle. Yeah, okay. exactly, you burn the candle on both ends, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And eventually it destroys the entire candle, right? That's what the Jews did to America uh, as they, they, in fact, they started planning the Civil War right after the War of 1812 because they were determined to destroy America. And they still haven't done it yet, folks. Michael, they're still trying to destroy America. It's called COVID-19. Yes, that's the next weapon it wants to use at us, the mm -hmm. COVID-19 yeah. hoax. Yeah. That's a big hoax they started yeah. up with. Yes. So for 200 years and more, the Jews have been trying to destroy America, and they still have not succeeded. And guess what, folks? They won't succeed. Right? The real Christians of America will uh, fill the gap, even though we have, we've been doing an expose of both Christianity, uh, 
commercial style in televangelism. And Amy Semple McPherson was the, the real founder of that movement. And Real Christianity by Gerald L.K. Smith. What a contrast. All right. Okay, Michael, thanks for narrating today's show. It was a pleasure, lots of fun. It just shows the, the crazy extremes that uh, presents itself to the world uh, calling itself Christianity. Okay. But we know yeah. there's only one true version, and that's the covenant message, the, the covenants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which were confirmed by Yahshua Messiah, Jesus Christ, and he never changed the message at all. All right. Yeah, never. We will never yeah. change it. Until, yeah. So it's, uh, and his children will be upon earth forever. Yes. We will not disappear. Even yeah. if they now try with every kind of, what I know, I don't know, kind of satanic weapons, we right. will prevail. Oh, yeah. We will prevail. Amen. All we right, are folks. The winners. Yeah. They are the losers. That's right. We will win in the end, but uh, a lot of our people are going to die because they're on the wrong side. Okay. But Yahweh protects his own. And if you don't believe in the covenant message, you will not be protected in these end times. Okay? Thank, Thank you very that's much. Why we're here. Thank you, yeah. Eli. Okay. All right, folks. That's today's uh, Bloodline show. Thanks for listening. It was a real trip down memory lane. Thanks. Take care. Yahweh bless you all. Bye-bye.